Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Hello Peter. Hello Ben. How are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I've uh it's been a it's been a double birthday week for me. Um, a double birthday. A double birthday. Yeah, it was my birthday and then 5 days later was Amy's beyond uh, Amy's Beyonce. I was going <laughs> to say Amy's Beyonce. Amy's Beyonce. It's cuz I said Amy and then I was thinking of the word fiance and then I was thinking of the word birthday. So I said Beyonce. Right. Amy is your Beyonce though. Mm, yeah, it was my Beyonce Amy's birthday. Birthday mm-hmm. on uh, like like a few days after. So that's very nice. I've had a little week-long celebration week. Lovely. Hmm. That sounds yeah. absolutely delightful. How about you? How how's, how are things going with you? I went to Tesco. Oh, dangerous. And I got some Easter eggs. Did uh, you? Yeah. They were, were they really cheaper than normal? Reduced. Oh, yeah, they were. I got, <laughs> the, I got the giant one. I went in there for essentials, and it's a surreal experience anyway, if mm. anyone's been to a supermarket recently. Uh, having to queue up outside, but very far apart, and they, yeah. they offer you they offer you wet wipes as you go in. Oh, do uh, they? They don't well, offer us wet wipes at ours. I don't think. Well, I say wet wipes. What I mean is bits of that fabric on a roll, you know, that you right. can get, and then yeah. they just sort of spray it with stuff, and you go, "Here you go, you filthy, filthy Animal. person." Yeah, mm. get clean before you Ugh. touch our eggs. And uh, the yeah, the, they had the massive Easter eggs. And I just filled up my basket with massive Easter eggs, and I got three for three pounds fifty. Wow, ridiculous! That's they were like a, a, a pound each, and I didn't even need them. And yeah. I had to sort of squeeze spaghetti and tablets around these giant Easter eggs—the <laughs> things that you did need. Yeah, just yeah, poking you had to out. force them in. Oh. It was very exciting. It was a real, uh, real experience. But apart from that, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm playing the video games. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the video games because this is, Peter, a video game podcast. That's Ooh. true. It is one of those. That's what it is. That's how it be sometimes. Mm. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but we are actually sponsored by uh, by a company this week. Uh, are we? Mm-hmm. God, we're really going up in the world. I think so. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Who's I our have. sponsor? Well, I've got the ad read here. Hmm. Uh, this week, 
Triple Jump is sponsored by a video game cookbook, and uh, it's exciting. This is brand new. It's got uh, it's got two recipes in it. Two. That's it. Just two, but they're very new and they're very exciting. It's more of a video them, game pamphlet, really. Well, yeah, but it's got recipe a recipe booklet. I mean, a, a recipe pamphlet. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we've got the PlayStation Chive. Of course, yes, the PlayStation Chive. Which is sort of a, uh, a cheese-based dish featuring Ooh. chives quite mm. heavily, as you might be able to imagine. But yeah. due to the, the, com- the complex construction of the PlayStation Chive, it is actually possible to plug in an HDMI cable to the PlayStation Chive. Oh, really? That's very yeah, good. It doesn't do anything, but you can yeah. plug it in. And it just sort I guess, of squelches in there. Yeah, I guess you can plug an HDMI cable into a lot of foods if you think about it. You know, a jelly. This, this is the one that this is the first one that advertises it. You know, yeah, they're really they're breaking ground on this one. It'll also cost you seven and a half thousand pounds just to get wow. the ingredients wow. for the PlayStation Chive. Yeah, but just God, because okay. you know parts are limited. Uh, sorry, ingredients are limited. So uh, yeah, coming holiday mm. twenty twenty. But also, there's the Xbox Series Eggs. Oh, delicious! Oh, fantastic! I mean, they're at a shortage right now. They're a, they're at a premium. X. Yes, they yeah. are. You, you need six AA batteries to really enjoy the Xbox Series eggs. Mm-hmm. You just sort of poke those in just anywhere, really. Uh, gives sort of a metallic taste to the to, to the dish, but it's quite delicious. It's really um, nice with a bit of um, red sauce of death. I've heard. Yes, it is. Mm, yeah. yeah. Frank's red hot sauce of death. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Yeah. And then it'll give you a red. Yeah, um, yeah it will. And yeah. when you're putting when you're putting this Xbox Series X together, of course, you can't uh, you can't look beyond the new partnership between Microsoft and Nintendo. You may want to use your you may want to use your Nintendo whisk. As in W I I S K. No. Oh. You know, your Nintendo Whisk. Nintendo Switch, Whisk. Switch, 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 Switch. Oh, I thought it was like a wee, wee, Whisk. Your Nintendo Whisk. No, I couldn't. There was no. There was no way. Oh. I couldn't work oh, out. Sorry. Well, about that. unfortunately, Peter. Yeah. It, that's actually a load of baloney. Oh. It's a lie. I see what you did there, baloney, because that's a foodage. That's also a foodage. I got you. You did, yeah. You really got me there. I fooled you. You, I had you hook, line, and sinker. Hook, line, and kitchen sinker. No, we're not sponsored by this video game cookbook featuring the PlayStation Chive and the Xbox Series X and the Nintendo Whisk. Uh, we're actually sponsored by the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where if you support us at any tier, and there are higher tiers with amazing, amazing things available as rewards, mm-hmm. you'll be able to ask questions for this podcast, just like... Oh, just like uh, Copernicus J-Dog. Copernicus J-Dog. J-Dog. Uh, Copernicus says, Hi, Peter and Ben. Long-time fan, first-time donator. Glad to be on board. Well, thank you, Copernicus, for oh, thank donating. Thank you so much. Question. Is there any game or games that seemed absolutely perfect for you, but you just didn't like... Not because it was bad, but because it just did not work for you. Mine is Alien Isolation, one of my favourite films and my favourite game genres. Critically acclaimed, but just not for me. Thank you for everything, chaps. Keep up the good work and stay safe and well. Thank you, Copernicus J-Dog. Thank you. Well, there's one game, I don't know if it 
I think it sort of qualifies for this question um, in that uh, I've talked about it before in a very positive way. So it is something that I did like, but I just wasn't able to get through it and enjoy it for uh, enjoy it as much as I ought to have been able to enjoy it, if that makes any sense, which was mm-hmm. um, uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Uh, that was the one okay. set in Victorian England, right? Yeah. Uh, and I remember hearing about that game, thinking it sounded great. Really, I, I remember being in school, actually, sort of uh, year 10 or something. And me and my friends were just chatting at lunchtime once, kind of designing our own games in our heads. Like, oh, wouldn't it be great if there was a game where you were like this mech that destroyed the city or whatever? You know, like everyone was coming up with their own. And one that I said I really like the idea of is like either a sort of Sherlock Holmes game or any any kind of uh, Victorian era game, but that, that had what I at the time described as a GTA style world, uh, like a GTA 3 world, which really I meant open world city. Um, I just really liked the idea of having a game set in the Victorian period with a a huge sprawling map to explore because I've always enjoyed, I've always been interested by that period of history and like, you know, the, the poverty, uh, like the, the sort of class divide and, and, you know, the industrial revolution and stuff. So when, uh, the, the, an, a, a Victorian Assassin's Creed game came out and I knew that it was going to have this huge world that Ubisoft had put loads of, uh, historical research into as they always do. I thought that sounds great. And I enjoyed most of it, or I enjoyed the sort of the first third of it, uh, but it was just it was just Assassin's Creed, unfortunately, which I I don't really, for the most part, enjoy. I like free running and exploring the world, but that's literally all I get out of Assassin's Creed games. Um, I should say parkour, actually, shouldn't I? Free running is a very dated term. Um, is so, it? well, I think so. I think parkour is is much more respectable than free running. Um, okay, I don't know. Uh, someone in the comments will probably correct me on that. Let um, us know, parkourers. Yeah. In any case, the thing that I enjoyed about that game was running around and enjoy- uh, and exploring this Victorian city. I really liked that. Unfortunately, I didn't really like the story at all. I played some of the side missions that weren't anything to do with the Templars because, you know, I I just don't really dig the Assassin's Creed storylines. But, um, you know, just hanging out with Charles Dickens while he's investigating, like, the Ghost Club and stuff like that. That was all fun. But uh, yeah, so it's kind of, it doesn't quite answer the question, but it's it's something like that, you know. I It, it should have been perfect for me if it hadn't been, you know, installment number whatever, five in the Assassin's Creed series, which is, you know, not really mm-hmm. for me. You're not a big fan of, uh, you know, Jacob Fry and his weird accent? No, well, that's the, the other thing, is that you had two characters, and you had to level them up and equip them uh separately which really bothered me like having to you know spend points on both of them i'm sure you had to do that so like one of them uh i can't remember which one i played as actually but like one of them just ended up really falling behind the other but sometimes it would force you to play as them um i I might be misremembering that but that's that's what i seem to think that's I, i think that's how it went okay yeah so that bothered me too sounds sounds awful are you okay Not really, no. <laughs> I would have rather it was just a sort of free cam game where there was no character and no story. You just fly around and look at Ubisoft's amazing world building. And yeah, that's you just it. want a time machine, don't you? Yeah, just, that's what I want, a time just machine. Just go and see it. Just go yeah. and see it. 
for me, I'm I'm citing a more recent example. Uh, this isn't necessarily like you. This isn't a game that that would that seemed absolutely perfect for me. But if mm. you told me there was a Star Wars game, right? Oh yeah, with the combat of Dark Souls. Yeah, and the presentation of an Uncharted game, I would have said. Get out of town. Come on. It can't be. It, that can't really exist, can it? Really? And it turns out it can't because yeah. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I did not like as much as everybody else did. <laughs> it well, didn't stop me from platinuming it, but it uh, was torturous. As time has gone on, I, you know, looking back, I dislike that game more and more. I still really? like <laughs> some of the stuff that they did. I like the stuff where they um, you, you flashed back and did that whole mission. I think I can kind of spoil it at this point, but spoilers for the next five seconds. When you did the Order 66 mission mm-hmm. and stuff, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like one or two little things that kind of connect back to the main saga. But for the most part, I really didn't like the level design. The the combat, you know, I could take it or leave it. Um, and if I'd not had it on story mode, I think I would have really hated it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, I only enjoyed it up to a point in hindsight. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like if it was the first half an hour to an hour of that game, mm-hmm. but, you know, th- that was how the rest of the game was presented in sort of a linear, yeah. scripted action fashion, like Uncharted, then it would have been significantly better. I didn't like the characters. I didn't care about the story. The combat was frustrating. The navigating the map was horrifying at times. The puzzles yeah. were silly. It just, I don't know. As, as I said before, I feel like the sequel will be way better. And hopefully mm. they'll learn from all this. But it just, it, it was buggy anyway, because it was clearly rushed out to be out before the film. Yeah. Um, but I just, I went into that game with so much such high expectations, which, pro- which probably didn't help because I didn't play it immediately. So I'd had a couple of months of everyone telling me how amazing it was. Mm. And then it wasn't that. And I was I was very disappointed as a result. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that you didn't even have a, a temporary, oh, this is great kind of, kind of <laughs> feeling. Because I did have that. You know, I'm not going right. to pretend that I didn't say that I really... Well, I don't think I ever said it was amazing, amazing. But I did say it was really good. Yeah, um, well, that's the thing. People are allowed to enjoy it. It doesn't mean, uh, no, you know, no, I'm yeah, sure yeah. Copernicus J. Dog and his infinite or her infinite wisdom would never deny anyone the right to enjoy Alien Isolation as you wouldn't Assassin's Creed Syndicate. No. But I just, I just didn't, just didn't have a fun time. Just didn't, uh, just was expecting a lot, you know. I think, I think what's partly made me realize that I didn't enjoy it as much is that I got through it and, you know, thought I was kind of enjoying it. Probably partly blinded just by the fact that I had Star Wars on the box. And then, but now whenever I think about going back to it and like, oh, would I, would I play that again? I, I my body just goes, oh no, that game was, you know, it's, it's like, it's like <laughs> I didn't realize until my body told me that like, what are you talking about? Why do you want to play that again? Oh, gross. You're insane. Yeah. You're a madman. And then I go, oh yeah, I didn't really like it that much. It was a bit weird and clunky. So yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Well, there we go, Copernicus J Dog. Thank you for your support. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump if you'd like to join the dog, the D O W G. The dog squad. J Dog. There he is. It's time. It's time. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, is it? Or isn't yeah, it? I think it is. <laughs> Blimey. 
Go on. Go on. It's, it's time for a, a new segment. It's a brand new cutting edge segment where we talk about what we play in. Uh, can you come up with a name for it on the fly, Ben? Just It's like we're going to talk about what we play in right now. It's like okay. things that we're playing and okay. what, what they are. Okay. Um, name uh, it. The games that were. Oh, like it. It's time for the games that were. Peter, what were the games that? Uh, that, uh, those ditch, that which were, uh, I have, I've got them here. Um, okay. I have done three of the games. Uh, so on my birthday, um, I did a little stream over on our, our other venture, Vidiots, our, our part-time thing, um, mm. which uh, we played some Jackbox, Jackbox Party Pack, just the... Just the number one, because I thought more yeah. people are likely to, likely to have that. Uh, mind you, they don't need it, do they? Because they can just all go to the website. I hadn't even thought of that at the time. But yeah, Well, it was very thoughtful of you. Anyway. It was, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Anyway, um, people were very familiar with it anyway. So you don't have to explain the games because we've all either played it or seen it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we played some Jackbox. That was super fun. Did a bit of draw, Drawful. Uh, and fibbage and stuff like that. So that was great. Um, I played more Jedi Academy, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. We went to Hoth Echo Base Ooh. and rode on some Torn Torns. Um, we did some Tim Tams. Tim, some Tim Tams, yeah. We did a speeder bike section as well, which is really bad. Well, it's not really bad. It's just ridiculously hard to. You're supposed to fight while you're on it with your lightsaber, and like people come alongside you, and you have to sort of swipe at them, and it's. You're traveling at a million miles an hour uh, in a fully three. It's not even like, you know, you'd think it would maybe be like down a corridor and you just sort of change lanes, but it's like completely fully 3D and you can go in any direction and you're supposed to be swiping people with a lightsaber who are also traveling a million miles an hour. So, yeah, that's that's all. Um, that's a thing. Um, so there's that. And then uh, Resi 3 as well. I've started that yes. at long last. Um, yeah. So really enjoying that so far. Um, I know that mm. you know other people are somewhat less complimentary about it, but I, I've only played like the first couple of hours, and so as far as I'm concerned, I've not yet come to terms with how short it's going to be because it just feels like the start of any game, and uh, mm. you know it's running just like uh, Resi Two did, pretty much as far as I can tell. So uh, as far as those things are concerned. I am at the moment really, really enjoying myself. Um, well, I'll, we'll just see how it goes when I suddenly realise, oh, it's the end, and oh, it it plays a bit differently, and oh, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean though when you said that the opening has a super like Uncharted style uh, intro sequence uh, that right. you know it just feels so. Yeah, it's very scripted and stuff, which is fine, but it's just not what we're used to, I think, having just come off the back of Resi 2. So, yeah. Yeah. The spooks are sort of, they're gone, aren't they, when it puts you on rails like that, where you can't really lose. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Or even be grabbed, you know, everything's out of your hands, so it doesn't feel remotely frightening. Yeah. Well, I liked, uh, I, I really did like Resi 3. I enjoyed the first sort of, four or five hours it was from then on that it started to i don't know take a turn is it sounds dramatic because it's not a bad game at all Mm -hmm. i don't think there's really much wrong with it but it's uh yeah it it certainly i think given the way that they made it and the decisions they made especially towards the end i think that the length of it is probably about right because if it went on any longer it probably uh 
probably great a bit, but that that first few hours or so is really good. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really good. I'm I'm enjoying it. Excellent. Yeah. I'm glad to hear. And it's so nice to I should just say, so the thing that I've really actually enjoyed and forgot how much I loved in the first place is the just the quality of life touches in terms of um it really uh the the UI, like the the inventory UI is just so clean. Uh, you know, it's just everything pops into a little square. Um, and that map system, I really love just the way it, um, you know, colors things green or whatever it is, like sort of turquoise yeah. when you're done. That's that's just such a simple thing. But it's so nice to know, OK, I don't have to now trawl around this area trying to, you know, work out whether I've got everything because I just know that I have or I know that I haven't. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. No, I agree. I love that. Yeah. Well. I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, yes, of course. And it is good. Oh. It's good. It's good. Oh, no. It's good. And I think that's better than uh, perhaps a lot of people were hoping. Right. Because this is the this is the impossible remake, this game. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's there's there's no way they could have made it or remade it and pleased everyone. Oh, look, it's the world's loudest helicopter. Please just come on by. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know. I, it's, God, it's it's difficult to get my thoughts sort of uh, refined. But there's a lot of choices they've made to, basically the way they've gone about extending this first disc or this first portion of the game into a 45 hour RPG is they've stuffed it full of stuff that I actively dislike about other Final Fantasy games. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of side quests that are just crap. There's um it's nice to see some character arcs expanded and sort of get a better understanding of the residents of of Midgar and especially the party members you get from Midgar, you get to see them interact with their environment more. You know, people stop them in the street and say, hey, how are you? Blah, 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 that sort of thing. It, it does. That stuff is good. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And uh, and and then, you know, there's there's they've added new characters. They aren't party members, but they're just new characters. And they're all, for the most part sort of anime cliches, sort of one-note anime cliches with ridiculous hair and they're over the top and and they just speak in ridiculous sort of catchphrases and do weird poses and stuff. And don't get me wrong, I, I love the Japanese cheese, right? Fantastic manufacturers of cheese. Right. But there's there are certain things in this game, or certainly in this remake, that... Again, I just don't like in other Final Fantasy games. That's why I didn't play Final Fantasy games for a for a very long time until a couple on, you know, I, I gave Final Fantasy thirteen a, a try and I played most of that and I didn't think that was very good. I played through all of fifteen and I thought that was good in spite of its ish, many issues. Uh, but I didn't play the PS2 ones because there was sort of... Final Fantasy VII, the original when it came out, that was such a a watershed moment especially for western gamers because it allowed it it was sort of the cool final fantasy game Mm -hmm. you know it felt fairly western in its setting and the characters felt fairly western as well and 
there were obviously translation issues here and there, and there were certainly strange moments in it. You know, obviously the the, the cross-dressing cloud and stuff like that, yeah. you know, sort of slightly bizarre moments that are like, wow, that was sort of out of left field. I don't, okay, let's roll with it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the voice acting, there was none. You know, so you had to voice these characters yourself. The facial animations, there there was none. So you had to imagine that yourself. There was... Uh, you know the various poses and stuff like that you sort of had to fill in the blanks and as a result I think it really worked in the game's favor but now you know they've got to do all of that and as a result it's become in many ways like a lot of the Final Fantasy games on PS2 and since then that I've just not really enjoyed because it's just full of sort of over-the-top Japanese huh? I was just about to say uh, is it people uh, going uh, 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 yeah lots of Lots of noises, lots of weird poses at the end of sentences. And it's like, oh, for God's sake. It's, I don't think there was another way they could have remade this game. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. And I like it and I'm enjoying it and I want to keep playing it. But obviously, as a big fan of Final Fantasy VII, I'm going to pick it apart. And uh, there's no way that they could have ever pleased anyone. And I understand that. But there are certainly some decisions they've made in this game so far that are just absolutely mind-boggling to me. I've just got to the wall market, and I'm I'm just about to get to that infamous bit where Cloud puts on a dress. Right. And they've added a they've added a section here that I'm not going to spoil, but they've added a bit that just made my jaw hit the floor. And I just thought, what on earth is this? Not only because it is so ridiculous, but because it's so at odds with with the with the established character uh, of the character that's involved in it. You know, it's so unlike any of that character's previous motivations and actions. And it just does this thing. And it's like, it's just gone full Japan. Right. It's just gone full Japan. And that sounds ridiculous because it's a Japanese game. But again, like Final Fantasy VII, the original, it felt distinctly Western. Mm. And the 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 bits where your brain had to fill in the gaps made it like the cool, dark, gritty, grungy Final Fantasy game that we, you know, that we all wanted. And then it sort of returned to more fantastical fare uh, and, and so on. You know, they were swearing and the bad guy's really frightening and things get impaled and there's blood everywhere and stuff. You know, we hadn't had this really in Final Fantasy before. And I'm glad to see that they are, to an extent, that's, that tone still exists now. You know, they're, they're saying they're saying the naughty S swear word Ooh. quite a lot, which is blimey, right? Careful. I know, you get banned for that. But I can't help but feel... There are certain things that that they shouldn't really have done when when designing this. I I just don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I like it, and I'm gonna keep playing it, and I, and I want to see what else they've done. And 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 I love the combat, and I love the music, and again, I am enjoying it. But mm. there are certain design decisions where I just think, what earthy? What were you thinking? What is that? Why am I going and looking for cats? This is stupid. This is so... It just feels... Sometimes I find myself skipping through dialogue because they take forever to get to the point. They just keep talking. Where you can tell they were saying stuff in Japanese originally and they just needed as many English lines. And it's just... Just stop. Just say that it's time to fight. Stop saying, oh, you think you're going to challenge me? 
I'm the guy who did this. I've done all of it. And it's like, just let me fight you, please, for the love of God. Yeah. I, ju- I don't even know who you are. You're just some B character. Stop wasting my time. Let me get back to the combat, please. There was no way they could have made this game and pleased everyone. No. And they're absolutely not going to please everyone. And I'm so glad that this game exists. And and I like it. And I will keep playing it. But good Lord, there are certainly some things that I would change, even if it meant perhaps shortening the length a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I was, I'm sort of, I was just working out whether to say I'm sorry or not to hear about, <laughs> you know, because obviously I know you were really looking forward to this game. And, but you're saying that you like it. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am. I'm being critical of it mm. um, because I think that's important even when you enjoy something. Yeah. <laughs> because, God, there's a there's a lot of stuff in this game that I think is really stupid uh, mm-hmm. and stuff that it doesn't tarnish the original. That's not what my issue is because the original will always be there. It's on PS4. You can go play it. And I know I can go and play it. I own like six copies of it and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But this new one, that if they didn't do this, there'd be if they did it differently, people would have a go at them for not doing it this way. Yeah. They, there's no way they could win, and um, but certainly they could have, you know, avoided certain things that they've done in this game. So far, so far, so far. We'll see how it goes. Much like me with Resi Three. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to know other people's thoughts. Let me know on on Twitter. I'd, I realize some people perhaps will see these things as I see them, but just won't be bothered by them because mm. they're just enjoying it. And that's wonderful. And I'm glad to hear that. And I have spoken to friends who've said, I loved it. Absolutely loved it from start to finish. And then I've spoken to other friends who've said, yeah, it's good. And I'm enjoying it more on my second playthrough. But yeah, that bit is really, really dumb. So yeah. it's, uh, I don't think it's a Marmite game necessarily, but you've, if you want your Final Fantasy VII remake, you've got to have your weirdness in there as well, apparently. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to do it. Ah, well, you know, I hope it, hope it gets better for you. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. Mm. Okay. I hope so. Well, uh, it's probably time to move on to another question, I think. Yeah. This is from is. Francesca. Would you like to read it? I shall. Hello guys, hope you're keeping safe and sane during this lockdown. Something that has always bugged me is the fact that a lot of games have happy endings. You, the player, are the saviour and always win slash rescue whatever requires it. But I find that if the storytelling storytelling sorry is exceptional, then I actually prefer endings when all is lost like the Nier series. Spoilers, Francesca! <laughs> are there any games you wished didn't have a happy ending? What are your thoughts on this? Um, I... I've got an answer here that is not a list of games that I wish didn't have happy endings. My answer instead is no, actually. I don't think there are any games I wish didn't have a happy ending. I love a happy ending. Um, I think even in like horror films where, you know, I I understand why in horror films they like to have a scary ending uh, because it's supposed to leave you with that sense of unease so that when you're driving home in the car from the cinema, you wonder whether the murderer is on your back seat. And when you go to bed at night... You know, you're scared to sleep. He um, was on the back. He seat was. He was there the whole the time. Now, yeah, um, and uh, you know, it's it's much much easier to leave someone with that sense of oh, scary. If you know, you you have a scary ending at the end, and it's not like oh, well, we saw the shark blow up because there was an air tank in its mouth, and the guy shot it. Um, so, I feel that way 
uh, so yeah, sorry. So I understand why they do that in like horror films, and I think maybe it works there possibly. But I think everywhere else in media, I much prefer a happier ending. Um, even in horror video games, I think I think it's like really nice to feel like. I, I guess I, I I'll tell you why I think that actually. I've just realised what the answer is. Is that you actually put the work in to like work towards a resolution? And although I think there is obviously a, a lot of like big narrative impact to you know, getting to the end and feeling like, oh, oh, but it's not all, it's not all roses. It's not all good. The grass isn't always mm. greener. I still think that when you put all that work in, you kind of want something back from it. And I think like to not have your moment of victory can sometimes leave you a little, little disappointed. I don't mind if an ending is a bit of both. So, you know, you take The Last of Us, which, um, is infamous for you know the sort of controversial moment in the final act of the game um and you could say oh well that game has a bit of a you know it doesn't have a happy ending does it but you know at least you there's there's an element of reward in that you make it to the sanctuary that you've been you know you know you've been you've been looking for somewhere safe to sort of start a life um and you know ellie and joel are both alive so there's still some satisfaction there and i'm pleased of course that that game has its gut punch moment and i don't mind when you know uh, a, a beloved character dies at the end of a game as long as there's still some kind of well you know it was a worthy sacrifice kind of thing you know but i think if a game ends with the villain winning or the hero dying and not having achieved what you've been working towards for anything from eight to 80 hours you know i'd I'm I'm pleased when games have a happy ending, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah. What about you? I think it would be nice to have more of a balance. Yeah. Certainly, I mean, Mass Effect 2 sticks out as a game that benefited from not necessarily having a positive ending in that you, it is possible to completely fail at Mass Effect 2 mm. and, and, and just lose uh, or at least have a, lo- a lot of your party members wiped out because it's, there's this sort of you know meta game going on where you've got to keep everyone happy, and if you don't, some of them are guaranteed to die in mm. the suicide mission at the end of Mass Effect Two, and it's it's really bittersweet. I suppose I prefer bittersweet endings like The Last yeah. of Us, you yeah. know, one where it's not at the end everyone died. Thanks for yeah. playing, but more sobering perhaps. Uh, mm. You know, you see Commander Shepard stood over the the coffins of your of your party members that you've been with for you know, 30 hours or so. And uh, and it's sad. And I, I think that does help. But you've you've got to remember that video games technically is still a medium in its infancy, especially when it comes to dramatic storytelling. Yeah. Uh, so when, when looking at movies, you get more feel-good uh, ending movies than bad, of course. But, and, and then when you extrapolate that to games and their inexperience in this sort of area... That means there's almost no games that end with a either a bittersweet moment or an all is lost moment. No, I'd certainly like to see more, especially as you know, games get more comprehensive with their storytelling and the risks they're willing to take. You'll never get it in an EA Star Wars game, for example, no. because that is that is a popcorn game. That's a that's a sell as many copies to as many people kind of game, um, and and I think that's that's fine where it is. You know, we need games like that. They can't all be miserable. No. But certainly, you look at Sony's first-party roster, you look at uh, God of War, you look at The Last of Us, you look at Horizon, and so on. There's definitely scope in there 
for their for, for for their writers and their creative leads to take more risks and perhaps pursue these these different paths. It's it's something that's that's rarely explored in games and something I would I would certainly like to see a big budget game have have the the fortitude to try because I think it would be really interesting. Yeah, I do. I think you're right that you know we're we're not likely to see loads and loads of those as time goes on i think there will always be those as you say those popcorny kind of games and there should be um you know mm. that, that's how it should be but um equally i think that uh yeah bittersweet is is i guess that's what i was going for i think the last of us is a very good example actually where you you make it to the end you're both still alive you've you've found just sanctuary and the sun has literally come out and is shining down on the the chain link fence that you're about to walk through but uh yeah, there was that massive gut punch. Or as you say, you know, Mass Effect as well. You know, you're standing over some coffins, but you know that, hey, but at least we did it and it was a hero's sacrifice. I think definitely I'm I'm all about those. That's that's fine. It's just I don't want to see the villain chaining me to a rock and saying all that effort for nothing and then the camera was, pans out. I was just about to ask what was the name of that game again? Because that's <laughs> there's there's your there's Peter's one experience with a game where he lost everything and he never never got any redemption. Haven um, Haven Call of the King. Haven Call of the King. There we go. If 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 it were a first party big budget Sony game, for example, Haven Call of the King, I would like to see uh Perhaps they, they them adopt the approach of a, a, a series of movies that was that is known to be like a trilogy or a quadrilogy or whatever. They know there's going to be a sequel. That's the plan. It's, it's based on books, for example, mm. where they can afford literally to have the first game end on either a cliffhanger or with a, a literal all this lost moment because you know you're going to get that redemption in the second game. I don't think we've ever had that. That's has, what they were going happened? for with Haven. They wanted to do a right. trilogy, and it just didn't sell well enough. And uh, but just... that's the I suppose that's the risk with games, isn't it? Because they just they're so expensive to make. Yeah, you need to have the right backing that's committed all the way through. So it would need to be the right property. Uh, it would it would need to have the right level of success mm. or guaranteed level of success, which is why it would probably have to be a first party game, and it wouldn't it wouldn't have the luxury of being able to wait too long before a sequel came out. It would ideally need to be within two years. And at least nowadays, if they realized after having released a game that, oh God, we've not sold enough, all that development effort for nothing, then mm-hmm. they could possibly just quickly rush out a final mission where suddenly he breaks free from the chains and kills the kills the demon man instead of releasing two more games that they just are not allowed to make anymore because the publisher says they can't. You know, right. they, they could possibly just wrap it up with a bit of a... DLC. DLC. You can't do mm-hmm. that now. Uh, sorry, you can do that now. You can do that then. So yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to see that though. I would. Uh, I'd like to see some risks taken in the in that department for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Well, if uh, if you were left chained to a rock for two decades, I suppose that would be considered a little bit uh, weird, a little it, bit strange. Where's it, my paper? I need to get my paper. Certainly would be an unusual thing. Yeah. Let me get me up my paper. Sorry, um, let me just grab my. Sorry. Yeah. Just move some fish food out of the way. Okay, I've got my paper. I've got a letter from 10 Downing Street here that they sent to everyone. Stay Uh, home. Yeah. It's time for With You. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. It's weird news time. Welcome to weird news. Peter has some weird news. He's going to tell me some weird news. Would you like to say something weird? Yeah. It's right here. It is from... Uh, let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Come on, we'll just pull it up. I've got it. Okay. Okay. Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick gave 10,000 employees his personal mobile number. Okay. Are you aware is of... Is that intentional? Well, well, I will tell you. Uh, is that how you say... It is Bobby Kotick, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. I suppose it's... I've heard it pronounced both ways, but I would wager it's Kotick. I, yeah, I've, I've usually heard Kotick. But... Anyway. Companies in the uh, video game industry are handling the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic in various ways, from retailers dragging their feet in protecting their employees to studios implementing work-from-home policies. Activision Blizzard's plans include giving 10,000 workers a direct line to CEO Bobby Kotick. Uh, During a recent appearance on CNBC, Kotick spoke at length about how Activision Blizzard has approached the pandemic. Kotick said that much like at other companies, Activision Blizzard employees around the world will be working remotely for the foreseeable future, and that employees will be receiving mental health support and childcare providers if needed. Activision Blizzard also paid for home broadband upgrades and allowed workers to take home any equipment necessary for their jobs. And if they have any uh, questions or concerns, they can ring up Kotick personally and speak to the top executive of their company, a detail that Kotaku has confirmed with an Activision employee. We've got a quote here. About a month ago, we sent out an email from my email address with my phone number, Kotick said. We encouraged every single employee that has a concern that relates to their health care to contact me directly. So far, that's been working well. When asked how many employees have actually contacted him, Kotick said a few hundred have taken the opportunity to reach out. Additional in, uh, initiatives being supported by Activision Blizzard including, uh, include a clinical trial at the University of California, Los Angeles, that Kotick said will provide a low-cost, widely available antiviral medication at the onset of COVID-19 symptoms. Uh, the company is also reportedly backing development of a new blood serum test. Oh, 
Wow. I don't want Activision involved in that. Yeah, it sounds like a, a super villain waiting to happen, doesn't it? Bobby Kotick and his blood serum test. Oh, God. I don't want Bobby's blood serum. No. Uh, Kotick had, has long been a controversial figure in the gaming industry due in part to his sizable paycheck. Kotaku reported that Kotick made... Uh, 309 times the median Activision Blizzard employee uh, in 2017. Last year, Kotick announced during a quarterly earnings call that the company would lay off around 800 workers right after declaring 2019 a record year for Activision Blizzard. And one mm. employee described the cuts as a bloodbath. Um, <laughs> we covered that on our first ever podcast. We did, yeah. It's possibly a blood serum bath. I think that's what he... Oh, there it is. That's how he maintains his youth. He just That's where the research starts. He bathes in the serum of the median uh, Activision Blizzard employee. Oh, uh, God. Finally, it says, uh, but hey, if that happens again, at least they'll have a way to tell their boss exactly how they feel. Well, that's my concern, right? That yeah. would be my concern. I'm, clearly, it's not his actual phone number. It's just a phone he's been given for this PR stunt. Yeah. Uh, but that... Why I'm amazed at a I'm amazed it hasn't leaked yet. Yeah. Uh, B the fact it hasn't leaked yet makes me question whether or not it's actually real mm-hmm. or if it was handed out to very very few people. Just uh, enough that if Kotaku asked someone, they would go, "Oh yeah, yeah, I've got it." Yeah. I yeah. don't. I don't know. There's a lot of information. That's that's a ride. That article. Mm. There's a lot that goes on there. But Bobby Kotick quite widely despised and that's fair enough because his company is bad and yeah. he should feel bad <laughs> i know it felt really strange reading that article and listing all the good things that activision blizzard are doing i it's made me feel unwell to be honest yeah uh, i don't get it they should look after their staff yeah we'll keep them alive but we're not going to pay them no uh that i should say was written by ian walker on kotaku ian walker. thank you ian i am walker hmm. ben have you, got, have you got have you got Oh, I certainly have. Are you ready to be reunited with an old flame? Uh, Well, I don't know who it is. It depends. This is from Push Square. I hope it's not Mrs. Gibbon. No, it's not Mrs. Gibbon. Unauthorised PS4 version of Cooking Mama, Cookstar, is the latest in ongoing fiasco. What? Unauthorised? You remember Mama? I remember Mama. God, how could I forget? Even better than Mama. Well, buckle in, my dude, because this is... Hopefully you'll be able to keep up. There's a lot going on. Oh, God. Recently, you may have heard all about Cooking Mama Cookstar, a Nintendo Switch game that was purportedly also coming to PlayStation 4. The story of this latest entry in the beloved culinary series has been pretty dramatic. While most of it applies to the Switch edition of the game, a new statement from IP holder Office Create, remember that name, drags PS4 into the equation as well. But let's go through the whole thing to get up to speed. Our sister site, Nintendo Life, has been covering this saga, and it all begins with a botched digital release. The game was made available for sale in certain regions, only for it to be pulled just days later. While some physical retailers are still selling boxed copies of the title, and the publisher resorting to selling copies itself, the digital edition was removed swiftly with no explanation. Shortly after that, rumours began flying about cryptocurrency. The game was reported to include blockchain technology, but word was being shared that it was being used to mine for cryptocurrency in the background. Oh my god. 
These claims were quickly denied by the developer, but data miners discovered the code for such a system was removed prior to release. Oh. Some thought this to some thought this to be the reason for the game's removal from sale, but the aforementioned data miners also found out there were audio files ripped straight from YouTube videos within the title. Could this have been the reason it was taken off digital shelves? Well, <laughs> With yesterday's new statement from Office Create, we learn a little more about what actually happened. According to the IP holder, the release of Cooking Mama Cookstar was unauthorised and a direct breach of contract by publisher Planet Entertainment. Office Create, the IP holder, goes on to say the game failed to meet quality checks, but that it was pushed out for release against its say-so. This explains why it appeared on Nintendo's eShop and disappeared soon after. It then discusses a PS4 version of the game that's currently being promoted. Office Create has not licensed Planet or any other entity to create any Cooking Mama games for PS4, the, the company hell? says. The license agreement, as you might imagine, has been stripped away from Planet Entertainment, but it apparently continues to advertise and sell the unauthorised version of Cooking Mama Cookstar. It's quite the journey for what is meant to be a light-hearted game about making food. We don't imagine it's over either, with Office Create evaluating all legal action against Planet. We can see this whole situation getting worse before it gets better. We can also safely assume the PS4 release of Cookstar, which was never greenlit in the first place, will never see the light of day. Uh... And that was from Stephen Telby there. So what the flip is going on? That's bizarre. Like, they were granted you know, certain uh, rights to, to put that game out. And they were like, we're going to release it on PS4. And they said, no, what? No, no, no we didn't say you, said could, you do could do that. And they're no. going, well, we're doing it anyway. I know you've we're said no. It. And you've t legally probably served us and told us to stop. We're just going to carry on. Uh, so Office Create owns the IP for Cooking Mama. Right. They authorized Planet Entertainment, a publisher, to create a new Cooking Mama game, Cooking Mama Cookstar. They pushed it out onto Switch before it was ready and mm. before it was 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 allowed to... Before, basically before uh, Office Create, the IP holder, said, yes, you can do that. They didn't do any of the checks or anything like that. They just pushed it out. And uh, then it was pulled after a couple of days because Office Create said, no, what are you doing? But Planet Entertainment still continues to promote and sell physical copies of the game directly through their website, apparently. Insane. Um, and then the PS4 version, which was never authorized in the first place, is still being promoted. And is, they've removed... I've, we're also we're kind of glossing over the fact that there used to be data mining code. Yeah, there was going to be data mining in it as well. What? Who is? I mean, is not data Planet mining. Sorry, um, Bitcoin mining. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Planet Entertainment. I'm just wondering if they've done anything else. Um, Planet Entertainment says, "Oh, there's a, there's an update in the last ten hours from Nintendo Life. Do you want to hear it?" Oh yeah. Okay, go for it. Okay, yesterday the rights holder of the... This is from Nintendo Life and Liam Doolan, this one. Yesterday the rights holder of the Cooking Mama series, Office Create, issued an important notice about how Cooking Mama Cookstar was an unauthorized release by Planet Entertainment. Now, Planet Entertainment has shared its own statement, which attempts to clear up the mystery, in quotes, <laughs> surrounding the recent Nintendo Switch release. The US-based company said it's fully within its rights to publish the game and says there is no active litigation or ruling preventing it from doing this. Below is the statement. Uh, Planet Entertainment wants to explain the mystery. Office Create, the right holders, approved a detailed game design in 2019. 
the design is the exact game on the Nintendo Switch, which also includes many additional Office Create suggestions, which adds game gameplay value. Unfortunately, creative differences arose as Cooking Mama Cookstar was near completion that were outside the scope of our agreement in the game designed by the uh, the game design approved by Office Create. By contract, Planet is fully within its rights to publish Cooking Mama Cookstar. There is no active litigation uh, or ruling that prevents Planet from publishing the game. Cooking Mama fans have been very enthusiastic about Cooking Mama Cookstar, <laughs> including the many new features, including vegetarian and unicorn food. <laughs> right. Potluck party plus more. We appreciate the overwhelming positive response and support from Cooking Mama Cookstar fans. Office Create has our total respect. We thank them for their wisdom and wish them well. They're still advertising it in their yeah, legal in note, this, their, their disclaimer. Saying, hey, vegetarian and unicorn food. <laughs> Get by it now. As noted above, the creative differences supposedly went outside the scope of the original agreement. According to Planet, this is why Office Create isn't happy. Office Create previously said it was evaluating all of its legal options against Planet in order to protect its customers, intellectual property rights, and the Cooking Mama series. Oh, God. They've reviewed it, though. Nintendo Life have reviewed <laughs> it because it was out for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's not... Okay, uh, three out of ten. <laughs> so, no. Oh, wow. Even worse than Mama. <laughs> Way worse than Mama. Oh. What a weird saga. Um, keep an eye on this. See if there are any updates. Uh, it's Thursday at the time of recording, and, and this statement was ten hours ago. So there could be more that happens by the time this releases. But but keep an eye on it, and uh, and, and we'll keep you posted. Yeah as best we can but that's weird isn't it that's very weird that's a really weird weird news there super weird let's have another question shall we yeah let's uh oh uh, sure i'll do it um yeah let's have it sorry Uh, brian has another question brian does brian cahill cahill uh cahill uh ben and peter I hope you're keeping. Uh, I hope you're keeping your sanity better than Ben's sim did. My question relates to lost save data. What's the most data you've lost, or your worst, uh, beca- or your worst because of a save file problem? I guess worst experience. Uh, when I was younger, I was playing SmackDown vs. Raw 2007, which had an in-game unlockable based around the Royal Rumble match. You had to enter as number one and win the whole 30-man match. Uh, Just as I was eliminating my final opponent, my younger brother jumped up to celebrate, hit the PS2, and caused it to restart without saving. I never had the heart to try it again. Hope you're keeping well. Slorn August Banacht at Because I'm Brian. Thank you, Brian. Um, Right. I've got a couple. Yeah. 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 Got a couple of them. Uh, one, I was playing Final Fantasy VII. Oh, oh it's appropriate, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, my cat stepped on the open disc tray button. Yeah. And it just flung open and I lost a load of progress. But the the mo- the one that sticks in my mind the most is that Scyther's my favorite Pokemon, right? Right. And in, I think it was, it was either gold, silver or crystal... They introduced um, special metal evolutions or steel evolutions of certain Pokemon. And one of them was Scyther, who can you can evolve to Scizor, who's just like a cool red Scyther, basically. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Scizor. Yeah. Yeah, rad. And you have to make it hold a special item when you trade it in order to get it to evolve. And there's a finite number of those items in your game. I think there's maybe one or two. 
Um, and uh, Sizzle was my pride and joy. And I traded it to my friend uh, so he could... So I could just share the sizzle love. So I could sizzle with my friend. You know, right, yeah, you wanted to sizzle together. Just a couple of friends scissoring each other. Yeah. And um, and he started a new game. <laughs> right. And then it was gone forever. Oh, my God. Because you only have one save file, don't you? It's just a cartridge. So it's gone. So the he idea was new game, for him to gone. give it back to you when he was done with it, right? Yeah. And I remember him sheepishly coming up to me and saying, I'm really sorry I started a new game. And it took me... A little while to realize why that was an issue. And then I was uh, quite distraught. Uh, but uh, that was a case of save files taking something special from me. Oh, no. So yeah. sorry to hear that. It's okay. F in the chat for sizzle. Yeah. And then I we never sizzled again. Oh, well, I mean, rightly so. I think when someone betrays you like that, you kind of don't really want to sizzle with them anymore, do you? No. No, no. you don't. Oh. Well, for me... Um, you know, I'm, I've been trying to think of anything that, you know, has really affected me. And, you know, I, I kind of felt when, as I was reading this question for the first time, I thought oh, something something's going to pop in my mind by the time I finish this sentence, because, you know, it's the kind of thing that leaves a mark, isn't it? You know, when yeah. when something like that happens. But I can't really think of any major um, things. I think uh, I once um, I had a memory card stop working on my PS1. Uh, which I know had a few things on there. Nothing, nothing too important to me that I didn't. Fi- I mean, you know, I will have had like some a hundred percented like crash and Spyro runs and stuff, but like I was always replaying those games anyway, so that didn't really make a difference to me. Um, but it did have um, my Tekken Three one hundred percent save file on there, which had all the characters, uh, including a couple of them which were really hard to unlock or, or, or harder than normal, which involved completing. Tekken volleyball, Tekken ball mode. Um, that's how you unlocked Gon, the little lizard, who was from like a Japanese manga. Um, mm. And also Dr. Baskonovich, who you can only unlock by completing Tekken force mode four times over, I think. Which, you know, again, not not too hard to do, really. But it, it was just, it felt like an achievement. I remember at the time, because I did it when I was fairly young, like relatively speaking. So I remember doing it and knowing that I'd finally unlocked the whole roster and, you know, feeling like, oh, great. I've got them all now. I can hop on here anytime, play some multiplayer with my friends and we can pick from everybody. And then mm-hmm. uh, that memory card that had that save file on uh, just stopped working. I don't know what happened to it because um, oh. I've never really had that happen before or since with a with a PlayStation memory card. But yeah, it was just a... It may have been a third-party one, which doesn't help, but uh, yeah. I don't think I ever had an official memory card, but... uh, Oh, didn't you? Yeah, 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 I don't know that I did. I had some weird, weird-looking memory cards. Yeah. There was also one time where, foolishly, like a big dumb fool face, I had... I was uh, one of my Oblivion... Well, my main Oblivion character, I think I only had one save file... Uh, that I was just, or I used to, I used to periodically clean up the save menu anyway. Like I would use plenty because you know that's how you cheat your way into locked doors and stuff. You just save it and then use all your lockpicks and then quick load and then go again. Um, but uh, I, I would often clean up the the menu uh, or the the list of files. And then one time at a point where I just cleaned up and I had one save file for my main character, I started a new game. Um, because I wanted to just capture some stuff for a video. It was just like some basic stuff from like the opening uh, of the of the emperor and stuff. 
and I accidentally saved over my one file and I just lost my character. Um, But, you know, I'd already completed the game before and it was just a character I was playing through for funnies and uh, I don't think I was too devastated. I was a bit annoyed. I was like, oh my God, there goes all that, you know, all that role playing that I put into that character. But, you know, I never used to finish reruns of uh, Oblivion and Skyrim anyway. I'd just sort of start them thinking I was going to play it differently and then I never would. So... It wasn't it's just too time sad. lost, isn't it? Yeah, it's time it is. lost. Yeah, yeah. Sad. The worst thing. Well, it's time to move on to something rather large. Oh goodness me! Are you prepared? Yeah. It's time for the big discussion. Ah! Big discussion time. This week's big discussion comes from Jonesy. Jonesy. And- and it slots right into our field of expertise as two very, very professional. Streamer boys. He was a streamer boy. He said, uh, "Donate blips and please subscribe uh, to my OnlyFans or girl boy." Hey guys, I started streaming on Twitch in August last year and have just come back to it after three months off. I should mention it's because of your streams that I took the decision to start. Ah. Oh, joyous! Hope you're enjoying it. One thing I've always had an issue with is picking games to play through and finding the right balance of it being a game I enjoy, the viewers will will enjoy, and that I don't have to concentrate too hard on so I don't in, uh, ignore chat. Which games do you think suit streaming best and are there any you felt would be perfect but ended up not working or vice versa? Thank you for all your content recently. It's really helping a lot of us through this difficult time. Cheers, Jonesy. Thank you, It's a good question. Yeah. This is something that I feel like we've... We probably each mentioned independently of one another live mm. on our various streams because there is definitely a balance. Neither you or I are full-time streamers and there's a real difference there because people who stream for, you know, five, six hours at a time, several days a week, they're probably in a better position to not only play games that you or I don't have the luxury of, sort of longer games, Mm. games that take, you know, that would take us weeks and weeks and weeks to get through, but would take them maybe a week to get through. Yeah. Um, And also some streamers, especially once they've settled into their groove, are actually able to, quite happy, and their audience is quite happy, for them to just stream and largely sort of ignore chat because they're just concentrating on the game, Mm. which is something neither you or I, I don't know why my voice did that there, or neither you or I feel particularly comfortable ignoring chat, really, because Mm. we, we want to engage with the audience and we don't stream. I know we're streaming more often now, but we we you know we don't stream as regularly as as full-time streamers so what is your experience with with that and what would you advise Jonesy to do yeah well see this is something that we've we've both had before as you say and actually despite the fact that i you know i've been stung in the past like playing games like you know for example halo combat evolved i remember feeling like oh you know a lot of people are asking me about uh about this game um because people want to know about the story and people are coming in and saying, oh, what have I missed? You know, let me know where, where we're up to. And uh, it was the kind of game where there being like a fair bit of story to keep people uh, caught up on, but it's also one a game where I have to very much concentrate. I guess it's similar to like, uh, I guess not Dark, Dark Souls in a way, I guess, you know, you don't necessarily have to catch people up on the law, but you probably have to be reminding people what you're doing and where you're going. And all the while, there's some big scary monsters coming at you. So, mm. uh, but the problem is that although we've been stung in the past, 
uh, I never really stop and think, oh, am I going to be able to talk to the chat about this? I always forget to ask myself that question when I'm when I'm picking a game. Uh, so it's still happening to me now. Like Jedi Academy, I'm finding is okay. I'm getting away with it because uh, you know your your character is usually blocking all the time when people are shooting at them. Um, which does drain their force ability, but they've got like a lot of it, and I'm playing it on the easiest mode. So if I'm looking at the chat and someone's shooting at me, I'm normally fine. But I am still having to, you know, very much pay attention to the game. Uh, so all I would say to Jonesy is just actually think about that question before you pick a game, which is something that I still somehow don't do. I just pick a game like, oh, I like that game, and then I start playing it, and I'm like, oh, oh, it's one of these, isn't it? Oh man, I really didn't. Oh no. Um, but I would say in terms of games that I think have worked really well, uh, stuff where you can actually not only have the time to talk to the, uh, like to, to check the chat and respond to people, but also stuff where the chat can really get involved in the game itself. I think they work super well. So I really enjoyed playing, uh, Little Inferno and I was asking the chat to, help me out with the combos you get like special combos for like burning things together and stuff and uh you can see the name of the combo before you've uh, ticked it off the list and it's like a clue in the name of like the two things you're supposed to burn but you don't know what they are so the chat were like oh that could be like the cat and the and the whatever you know so that was good and then also scribble noughts i think is just so far i've found it to be the perfect chat interaction kind of stream game because people really can just suggest silly things and uh you know both uh little inferno and scribble noughts are chill slow-paced games where there's not you know any kind of imminent threat at any point in the game so i don't have to worry about you know monsters running at me um what about you uh i I think i'm I'm largely in in agreement with you Mm. i find games that are cutscene heavy particularly narrative games they're a challenge to they're a challenge to stream so mm. particularly things that i've never played before that i'm playing for the first time uh, games where you can't really stop and and take a breather to read chat and stuff without pausing it uh so yeah. final fantasy 7 remake is one i streamed the other week which i don't, i don't think went poorly it's just i was playing bits of that game that i'd not played before and i kind of just wanted to concentrate on yeah. it uh, which makes it a challenge. Rage Two was was a bad one, but that's mainly because it's a bad game. But it was just like I'm, you know, I, I'm not really into this, and I, I don't feel like it's a particularly good stream game. Uncharted was really good fun to stream, but equally long game, uh, lots of cutscenes, difficult for people to jump in halfway through and just 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 watch. You know, um, I really like the games that are a bit more laid back or games that you know like the back of your hand you see people yeah i watch a lot of um low boss jr on uh, well i watch his vods mainly on youtube after the fact but he's a he's a souls born streamer and he does challenge runs all the time sort of ridiculous challenge runs with mods and that kind of stuff mm. and he knows the game so well at this point that he's able to just sort of read chat as he goes and that was sort of like my playthrough i did for dark souls one a couple of years ago I knew the game very well, and so I was able to to read chat a lot while I did it too. Um, but yeah, it's just you've got to find a game that you that you actually want to play, yeah, and a game that that if you want to talk to chat, 
a game that lets you do that, a game that allows you to stop and look over at, at chat and, and read it every so often. Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, those mm. those are fun games to stream because they're just super laid back and those worked really well. I imagine RuneScape is a similar sort of, sort of thing. Minecraft, again, same yeah. thing. Unless you're in combat, you're able to read chat all you want, really. You know, yeah. it's games that that demand your undivided attention especially if you're looking to cultivate your community by engaging with them. And, and, and unless you're doing some insane feats in those games, fighting games, for example, mm. or, or FPSs or battle royales, uh, unless you're incredibly good at them and getting a lot of attention for that reason alone, like a ninja, for example, then you're going to want to play something that lets you actually engage with your audience. And, yeah. uh, and so you want to look at something perhaps a little bit more laid back or even just pepper in those more intense games as and when yeah or even games so like you it's easy to kind of think oh well i best not play you know any games that have like you know semi-frequent combat or anything like that but there's actually some games where you might Im- initially discount them uh but really if if there's a lot of downtime between fights that can be enough if you know that a fight isn't going to last too long and then that after the fight is done you're going to have a lot of time to chat you know so something i mean the something that immediately comes to mind is like something like skyrim you know mm-hmm. um yeah that's a game that does involve swinging your sword wildly for certain periods of time but actually if you think about it a lot of uh bethesda rpgs have a lot of downtime in between fights where you're just sort of exploring a room looking in boxes listening to you know reading notes and things like that um, and and in that time, you can just be quickly glancing over to the chat, pick a question, pick a comment, read it out, and then you know talk about it for the next couple of minutes. And uh, so you know it's not even as simple as um, dividing it into genres. You know, so you can't just say, well, you know, I'm not going to play any fantasy RPGs because all fantasy RPGs don't work. It's very game specific, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and the other thing you were saying about cutscenes, like you know, narrative-heavy games, it's not just a case of actually knowing that there's this uh, ever-evolving narrative that people are going to be want, uh, people will want you to be catching them up on as they enter the chat. Um, but even just the fact that when there is a cutscene playing in a game, I usually, when I'm streaming, I want to be quiet and sit and let people listen to it, even if I've got the subtitles on. So that also, as, as soon as a cutscene starts playing. That's a whole, you know, minute or two minutes or five minutes where you're not going to be able to address anything that's whizzing past in the chat. So, again, you know, anything that's going to be playing a lot of stuff where you're going to want to be quiet and let the chat listen to it, um, that can be, you know, that can that can hinder the amount of interaction that you can do because you're having to not talk for that period of time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really I hope that helps, Jonesy, and best of luck with your streaming adventure you know we we often encourage people to do youtube and do podcasts and and absolutely do streams it's a it's a hobby and it's something to do at the moment so give Mm. it a go and if you if you have any further questions pop along to one of our streams we'll try and help you out we'll try and help you out but thank you for asking that question i hope it was uh hope it was insightful Mm. well that's us for this week thank you so much for listening slash watching where have we been hiking this week by the way Oh, we keep forgetting now, don't we? It's uh, yeah. we've been hiking. Um, what about well, across the ocean? Oh, that's a fun one. Do you have a preference, or will if I go on to Pixabay and search ocean, will that do? Yeah, that will do definitely. Okay, I hope you've enjoyed our hike across that ocean. Mm. 
That was a fun one. Peter, where can people let us know if they didn't enjoy that hike across <laughs> that ocean? Uh, well, uh, they can let us know uh, on Twitter and Facebook, which is uh, where we have our social medias. Uh, it's twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Our Facebook is looked after by our social media man, Luke Eldon. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. Uh, if you want to check out our content, that's youtube.com uh, or twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. That's where all our videos go. It's where we stream. Uh, Lord Brotovich and Cecil Prumps look after our streams for us. Thank you. Thank you to Thank them. You. Uh, we've got a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. All kinds of rewards over there where you can ask questions on this podcast. You can get worst games ever early. You can get into an exclusive Discord room. Uh, and our Discord itself is bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. Thank you to the mods, Jack, mm. Joe, and Crimson Dragonfly. Uh, we've got a website, triplej.mup. Uh, over there, we've got careers. We've got, uh, you know, we've got uh, a, a special redirect link to our new channel, which Ben will tell you about shortly. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want a audio version of this podcast, you can go to play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. There we go. Fantastic. Yeah, those are uh, those live stream VODs, huh? Yeah. Oh, well, if you go to uh, twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump, as Peter already said, the VODs are live there for 14 days after air date. But, you know, sometimes you can't get on there. Sometimes you can't see that. If you were to go, for example, to triplej.mup forward slash VODs and subscribe to our dedicated VOD YouTube channel, you'll notice that some of our previous VODs have made their way onto there. We've got them all backed up. They will soon be going live. We're very close to the threshold now. We ask people continue to watch if you can. We've got my um, Platinum Run for the Outer Worlds. My Bioshock playthroughs just gone live. Uh, the Sims House with Jack from uh, Cultaholic Wrestling is live. Some of Peter's VODs will be going live very soon. So make sure you, you, go and, you go and give those a watch. We just need to get that watch time up until the, we meet the threshold where we can monetize. Those of you who've already watched, thank you so much. It, it, it's really helpful. We're very close now. And then all of them will be there, uh, including the brand new ones as they air about, you know, a couple of days afterwards, they will be live on there. If you don't, if you're not able to catch them on Twitch, they will be going straight on triplej.mub forward slash VODs. And that's the solo live stream VODs, I, I should clarify. Mm. When, Pete, when Peter or I stream alone, those VODs will be going on that channel. The joint stream, Blaze It, that Peter and I do together on Thursdays, that will still be going on the regular YouTube channel. Uh, usually a couple of days after it airs, as with the solo VODs. So there you go. Yeah. TripleJoe.mup forward slash VODs. Please go and subscribe there. Instagram, you can follow us at that Peter Austin and at Ben Potter 20 on Twitter at that Peter Austin and at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Worst games. It's fortnightly. Friday for patrons of a certain tier. Sunday for everyone else. It is a worst games ever week. So get excited. Mm -hmm. Podcast is every Saturday. And we're, I mean, the shows, we're running low. Not going to lie. We've got one more in the bank. It's a rules boss. And then we're going to look into doing some more of those sort of standalone videos like the, the Sims isolation stuff. Just little bits and pieces every there. But the core structure will remain. We'll keep streaming. You know, obviously we're limited by the distance, but we're going to do for you what we can. I've been writing a thing. I wrote a thing on uh, on Tuesday, which is why oh. my VODs haven't gone live yet, because I totally forgot to do that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Look out for Peter's thing soon. 
Hmm. Peter breaks the internet with his thing. Yeah. Oh, you want to see it? Sure do. Let's get scissoring, my dude. Mm. Leave a review on iTunes if you're able to or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. I've only got a couple of notes here for this week. Worst games. That went out yesterday if you're a patron. Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. And uh, tomorrow for everybody else on YouTube. And the VODs channel. Triple Jump up forward slash uh, VODs. That's it. That's all. That's it. We're done. Which leaves just enough time for you to tell us again about our delicious sponsor. Yes, the video game um, Cook Booklet is available soon. It costs a lot of money. Uh, It tells you how to make the PlayStation Chive, the Xbox Series X, and of course you can use your Nintendo Swiss. Swiss. Anyway, that's it. Stay safe, wash your hands, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 